Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is David to talk about the draw against Dunfermline, preview Aloha on Friday, chat a little bit about fans switching off and we discuss if we can get caught in the championship. How are we guys this week? Mm-hmm. Actually, do you know what Ross? I had quite a good weekend because uh, I didn't watch it. So I, why, as as why are you here? Well, why you know, I, I think you'll find that I, uh, I now I'm a part of a larger demographic of Hearts fans who can't be arsed watching this shit show every week. So that's why I'm here. I am the I am this voice. I need to be heard <laughs> on why I can't be bothered with this crap team anymore. But yeah, I mean. I think that's quite a large proportion of Hearts fans. Maybe maybe large is a slight over the, uh, overstatement, but there is a, a certainly a larger section of Hearts fans than there was two weeks ago that just can't be bothered anymore. So, so have you just stopped watching the games in total, David? You just you well, know, now, well, I, I might. I know that the one this week is on Friday on the BBC, so I'll probably have to watch it because it's free, um, and it'll be right in front of me. But you know. I'm, I certainly won't be paying for it, that's for sure. I mean, uh, I didn't bother with a season ticket this season because, uh, you know, once they started bringing out the whole Hearts TV was your games rubbish, then, uh, then, then you know, I decided against it because, you know, I'm not getting... They won't pull the wool over my eyes. Um, so I decided to go over the pay-per-view and, uh, and all that. And then now watching paying 18 quid to watch us draw nil-nil or struggle to break down a team that probably are getting paid in total what someone like Stephen A. Smith is on for a week you know uh, uh, I, 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 for some reason Ross I don't quite find the value for money in that anymore Thanks David we'll, we'll leave you for the first section then uh, <laughs> after watching that Dunfermline game um, what, what can we say about it Gordon I mean it was poor we should have really been beat maybe 3 or 4 nil after being cut open about 3 or 4 times during that game yeah, I think if Hearts were 3-0 down, you know, you, you probably couldn't argue with that. I mean, they were cut open quite easily three times in that first half. Um, by, again, a simple ball straight through. And uh, defensively, you know, I mean, we can move all the right-backs to centre-half we want, but it's not going to change anything. Um, as a defensive unit, we're just not good enough. And, um, you know, we set up with two holding midfielders and the fact that, they were still able to to break us through that easily, um, and had it not been been for poor finishing, and uh, you know really good goalkeeping from Craig Gordon, you know it would have been a very disastrous afternoon. I think it was a disastrous afternoon. I, you know I don't agree with Robbie Nielsen's. You know we're a point closer to the league title. I think it's just papering over some really big cracks, and unfortunately the cracks are just getting too big now. Um, particularly in that defence. But yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was a very typical performance, really. I mean, I, I actually wasn't going to watch it. And then I got like five minutes into the game and thought, no, nah, I'm going to buy it. And then just went and bought it. And, uh, you know, about a couple of minutes into it, I, I was regretting it. Um, because you knew what was what was coming, you know, just the way we seem to start the, the games with this half-arsed attitude. And, you know, we're not even good to watch just anytime they get the ball it's just a couple of sideward passes there's no kind of pace or power um in that team and you look at it and you just think it's so predictable it must be so easy to play against 
it really must be. And teams thinking themselves, oh, hearts are coming down this weekend. Big game, tough game. And in reality, it's, it's anything but for these teams. I mean, this is a team that conceded five goals midweek to Wraith Rovers. And we couldn't even lay a glove on them. You know, I mean, it really was pitiful. And we had a couple of half chances, but we didn't really have anything clear cut. I mean, uh, you know, and then that's just the first half. And then you go into the second half and within a few minutes, they've hit the crossbar with, with a, a free header in the box. Again, you know, switching off. You know, yeah, we, we had the majority of the possession in the second half, but we still didn't do, any, do anything with it. And that's that's the major problem. Looked a little bit brighter when Naismith started to come on and, you know, we, we started to play the ball down the flanks a little bit more. But overall, it was still still poor. You know, Boyce missed a good chance. Um, there was half half shouts for a penalty. Didn't think it was myself. Um and then, you know, they, they have a glorious chance to, to win it right at the end. And um, to be honest with you, if, if they had scored that, you, you couldn't you couldn't have grudged them for it because um, they, they, unfortunately, were the better side and uh, they, they created the better chances. And just because you, you have control of possession for the majority of the game, that doesn't mean you've been the better side. Um, that, that, you know, Dunfermline were the, the, the side that were, looked the more likely to score. They're the one that were creating the better chances. And, um, you know, I think we were quite fortunate in the end to actually get away with a point. So it's another poor performance. That's four without a win now. And uh, you just have to ask yourself, how much longer can it go on for? Is this worrying, David, us going into the Premiership potentially next season, you know, that we've had such a poor 2021? I mean, we seem to have just, after the year, we seem to have just bombed completely. Yeah, exactly. It's a completely different um, set of circumstances that we're coming into the Premiership when you compare it to seven years ago when, you know, er everyone at Hearts had that winning feeling and that wasn't going to shake off anytime soon. I think even Hearts fans were going into that season thinking that third and second was a possibility. I think now (laughs) even the most um, optimistic of Hearts fans would be struggling to find a reason to think that we could finish in the top six if we were to get up this season. Because let's be honest, we're making a meal of the trying to win this league and uh, if we struggle against uh, Al on Friday then who knows what happens because um, you know John McGlynn's Wraith <laughs> which is a ridiculous sentence to say John McGlynn's Wraith are you know they're on their way up they're on good form and could they could they have a shock probably not but you never know in the championship do you we become one of those dud teams that goes on poor form well, we are on poor form it could just go longer Um but I think it's what is a worry is that I think when you start to have changed the, the point of view from even the most ardent of Hearts fans that are now so fed up with this club week in, week out, uh, you're in a real problem. And uh, the only way you can fix it is by changing pretty much everything from top to bottom. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into a discussion later about that. I'm sure uh, we, we will. We always seem to. And uh, it's good for us to get the stress out. But uh, yeah, it really is concerning, worrying, all the kind of negative adjectives you can think of um, you associate with this Hearts team. Um, and ultimately, the way we play comes down to the manager uh, and his signings and everything that goes with it. And the fact that the man only has one formation and can't change his mind on it. Uh, and when he does, he doesn't like it, sticks it for 45 minutes, doesn't like what he sees and goes back to his favourite 4 2 three, one, which, by the way, might have been fashionable and effective five or ten years ago when he was the manager first time around. But, you know, managers go over the times and they know how to play against this formation now, especially when you play two defensive mids and you're meant to be the best team in the league. Um, so, 
it's a it's a real real it's almost quite scary because you it's not inconceivable that hearts could go back down again if we keep the same uh, structure that we have do you think it's a worry that see if the league wasn't if the league wasn't sort of like the 27 games, if it was the usual, you know, league 36 games, you know, that we probably would struggle to get up. If you look at the form from, from this half of the year, we've only won 40% of our games. You know, it's it's not good enough, is it, for a team that's wanting to strive and win the league and a team that's supposed to be, you know, by far the best team in this league, you know, of premiership quality. That's what all the pundits were saying before, before the league started. Yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, everyone's quick to jump on, you know, Hearts are a big team, big budget, you know, they shouldn't be in this league. But you can argue that the way we're playing, we belong in the championship at the moment because the performances in the past, probably, yeah, like you say, probably since the turn of the year just have not been good enough and the results speak for themselves. Um, I don't know how any manager at a club of Hearts' size, as the pundits keep going on about, um, can keep the manager that's lost to a team that's f- five divisions in the pyramid below uh, and can still keep his job without a scare. Um so uh, I think you're right. If this was the 36 game season, I think I'll, everyone would be having serious concern. And I would, maybe this would be wishful thinking, but I would think if it were a 36 game season, there might have been changes. I think the fact that it is 27 games probably gives uh, Nielsen that little bit of leeway that we're so close, and the points total is probably just too much to to um, try and bring back for some of the teams below us. But yeah, if this was a normal year. Um, then it'd be even more worrying than it is and that says a lot because it's already pretty concerning. Or is it a worry that our only objective this season was to get up? You know, surely we should be looking to win the Cups. We are a big enough club to be you know, challenging for trophies, aren't we? Um, because I think if Hearts were relegated, um, you know, actually having the season finished last year, I think, you know, the pitchforks would have been out then and I think we probably would have been going at this season very differently. Um, but I think the fact that they got that time in the summer, um, let people calm down a little bit, not playing in front of fans has probably gave them, you know, a, a little bit more of a chance to to kind of just get themselves right back up this season without the pressure of having the support. But ultimately, it's coming ahead now, you know, the, the result against Broda. I mean, if Hearts had went through and you know, they ended up, I think, just looking at the draw, I think potentially could have got Hibs actually looking at it. Um, but, you know, I think if they had went out in a derby, that would have been disastrous. But even if they'd went out to maybe Stranraer or something, still not acceptable, but they might have got away with that um, had the had the results been a little bit better. But I think the fact that it's came smack bang in the middle of a poor run of forum, um, going into next season is just it's just brought everything ahead because I mean even when we were winning games I mean the performances weren't great and people were pointing that out but you know you were thinking to yourself well could it be because there isn't a crowd and and that's what you know certainly Nielsen kept saying um, you know there's no lack of there's it's more like a training game you know the intensity falls off it'd be different if there was a crowd blah 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 um, and ultimately we're sitting here and. You know, teams are are grinding out good performances now. You know, I think most teams are used to playing without crowds, and uh, they seem, uh, you know, games seem to be a little bit better now. They seem to be more intense. Um, I think you know that old excuse of not having a crowd anymore. I think is gone. I don't think you can use that anymore. And while teams aren't seem to be used to and adapting to it and getting better, 
um, we've just declined dramatically, um, especially since the turn of the year. And I don't know if it's because, you know, they, they lost out in the cup final or what, but how you can go from putting in a performance um, and going toe-to-toe with a club like Celtic um, and 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 then, you know, looking at, you know, and then losing a team like Broader Rangers, how that can happen in such a short space of time is incredible. Um, and you've really got to look into that. You know, I mean, th- there must be a reason for it. And it's not because, you know, I think these players have became, you know, bad players overnight. That doesn't happen. I think you've got to look at the guy who ultimately trains them, who sets them up and picks the team. And and that's the manager. Um, listen, John McGlynn went to Anfield and got a draw. That doesn't mean he's a good manager. Um, you know, one-off results this season, uh, like the Hibs semi-final and, and even the Scottish Cup final, you know, you, you can't live on that. And um, ultimately, the proof, the proof is in the pudding. Overall, this season, we haven't been good enough. You know, we've we've conceded far too many goals. Uh, we've dropped too many points that we shouldn't be dropping. And I'm not, you know, naive enough to think that we were going to, you know... I mean, listen, there's no reason why Hearts shouldn't have went down to that division and remained unbeaten. But it was in the forefront of most people's minds that that wasn't going to be the case. We expected the odd blip. But even the games that Hearts were winning, they haven't been good enough. And I think that's that's the the major concern. It's just we're conceding too many goals. The football's not pretty. And um, like David said, you know, when we went up last the last time, um, many people thought that we could challenge for you, me included. I, I I thought you know that team should look uh, be looking to get into the top three, and they did. They delivered on that. Um, this you know next season, can you see that team going and finish third? No, no, you can't. Um, you know they they. I don't even think they were getting the top six. Um, and for a club of heart and in size and the budget that we have, and, you know, a lot of people talk about the 70s and, and being kind of Hearts' dark period, and you can't argue with that. But, you know, I'm willing to bet that during that period, Hearts didn't have the third biggest budget in, in the league. Um, you know, Hearts didn't have international players um, bursting out of the seams in their squad. Um, and the fact of the matter is, we, we do. And uh, we do have a huge budget and it's not been anywhere near good enough. And that ultimately comes down to the recruitment side of things. And there's too many bad eggs at the club and they've been here for a long time. And, um, you know, I've, I've mentioned them many, many times. And Mrs. Budge has bought a new sporting director in. Um, I've seen a, a lovely uh, wee article there that the, the they released today. Um, talking about how we, we need a new analyst to help with recruitment. Well, the first thing the analyst should do is analyse how bad our head of recruitment is. And that man's John Murray, and he should be out of a job. Said this plenty of times, how he's still there, how he keeps surviving after regime, after failed regime, after failed regime is absolutely diabolical. The man is stealing a wage from hearts. And he's, he's spent too long at the football club. There's been too many failures on his watch. He should be bending out the door. And, and I, I, I don't know how he's still there. Um, I've seen Andrew McKinley finally popped up. Um, he was uh, briefly on an STV video with, with Mrs. Budge pitch side, congratulating uh, Lee McGregor, who was down there with his belts. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's a great story. But um, ultimately, it's just a deflection, isn't it? You know, I mean, this guy's supposed to be in charge of the, the 
the day-to-day football side of the business. And, you know, he's done one interview just talking about how his great-grandfather or something played for Hearts when the club was first created. You know, that, that's all we've heard for this guy. We don't even know what he does. You know, we, we don't know anything about his actual job. We're just told that, oh, he's part of the board now. He's the CEO. And then, you know, there's Joe Savage there. Um, Joe Savage kind of be sitting in the stand and, and thinking this is acceptable. Surely, surely not. You know, a guy who's experienced this him, you know, he's been at, uh, I think he started off at Hamilton, didn't he? Where they had an exciting group of young players. And then he's went down to Norwich and, and Preston. And, you know, they're, you know, reasonably sized football clubs down in England. He's been in the Premier League. Surely he can't be sitting there and thinking, God almighty, what what is this all about? Um, he's, 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 he's got to, you know, there's no point hiring the guy if he hasn't got the, the ability to actually change things. And putting out a wee recruitment ad on Facebook um, saying that we, you know, we we need a new analyst to, to help them. It's so tin pot beyond belief. I mean, other football clubs release something like that. I've never seen any other football clubs release saying, oh, we need help with our, uh, a sporting analyst, a recruitment analyst. So I will, we'll put a wee, a wee advertising on. You don't, you go and find somebody, you go and do your own research and you find this guy's good, he's got a good success rate, blah, 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 blah. And again, it just goes back to how much of a shambles this football club is from top to bottom. So, so what, what's the end game here, David? Gordon talked a wee bit about, um, you know, how we have too many people in the club with jobs and, and they're not really doing enough with their jobs. I mean, what, what has to happen for, for these people to either leave or, or, or change the tact then, in your opinion? That's a good question, Ross. Um, it's probably one that has a lot of different answers from a lot of different people. I think people would, maybe their first protocol would be to stop their um, their direct debits or stop funding the club in, in whatever way they do. Uh, whether that's season ticket sales going down, as I mentioned, Foundation Hearts payments getting stopped, um, stopped by merch or something, I'm not sure. But uh, that could be one way to get at least the attention of people higher up seeing that income has fallen. And that's probably because there's a large number of disgruntled fans out there. One is to protest. I know, obviously, in the current climate that we're in, that's not really possible. Um, but I think if we were in a normal season, or in a normal, not that it's not happened, obviously, but not on the scale that's probably required to get people talking. Um, and I think if we were in a normal year um, where mass gatherings were possible, you'd probably see, I don't know, I reckon there'd probably be at least a thousand plus at Tynecastle um, after at that week uh, with the Queen of the South and Broader Week. There'd be a, a considerably large number of Hearts fans that would have voiced their opinion, and that might have been enough. But as we've seen, um, Mrs. Budge does like to uh, block out anything that fans do say. She likes to block out any negative attention coming to the club. So that probably wouldn't be enough. She'd probably tell everyone that upstairs that it's fine, everything's all rosy, they'll forget about it in a few weeks when the title's won. Um, personally, I don't know. I mean, I'm scratching my head because the more I think about how things happen, uh, how we can make change, um, the more kind of frustrated I get at the fact that Hearts fans have probably tried in the past six years for change and nothing's happened, unfortunately. And, and you maybe wonder if it's a power trip for some people upstairs that they have this job in a, at the higher echelons of the club and, and get away with, let's be honest, they get away with murder. Um, they really do and have done for a, for a while. I do feel like we are coming to a turning point, though. Uh, and I do think that this, this will no longer be sustainable. Um, not that it has been. Um, but, but the structure that is currently there 
um, will have to change. You know, fan, fans will just stop contributing to the club and they'll, they'll stop coming to games. Um, they'll, they'll, stop, they'll stop providing income for the club. Probably, there probably will be protests at, some, at one point. And there'll, there'll probably be... Um, I mean, you could probably say it could get to a point that um, kind of Hibs were at where you're probably getting maybe attendances of eight 9,000. Um, at games and at league games, if it comes to that, and you know we used to push out of them for that, but let's be honest that if things keep going the way they are, we'll be exact, we'll be in the exact same boat, and and things could get worse for us because at least they only got relegated once, we've had two, and and they, and let's be honest, a third isn't uh, out the question if things stay the way they are, um, so yeah, I, I unfortunately Ross, I don't have a definitive answer, but I think there is a you can combine a few options, um. And you could probably get to some sort of resolution uh, to, to, to have change. But I think, of, unfortunately, we're a long way off maybe getting to that point. Although I'm optimistic in a sense that maybe we aren't and I'm maybe a little bit clouded by my own judgment. But I, I do think that it's going to take maybe a bit more than what's currently being suggested or what's currently happening to, to make significant change at the club. Gordon, have Hearts fans been taken for granted in general? Do you think over the years, because we've saved the club, because we've we've always supported the club, you know, do you think we've been we've been sort of taken for a ride here from the people that run the club? They've, they've completely, you know, said, "Oh, it's fine. We'll have the backing anyway of the the fans. Doesn't matter what we do." That's not a that's a dangerous position to be in, isn't it? Yeah, I think when you have people who um, don't really get what football is all about, certainly Scottish football and and what football clubs. Um, in Scotland mean to to supporters. Um, you know, I think I think the current regime probably see Hearts as more of a a charitable organisation than a, you know a, a huge football club in Scotland. And um, I think that's that's the problem. You know, I think people who currently run the club just don't get what the fans are, and and the reason why the fans put their hands in their pocket is uh, is because they love the football club and. Um, but you know, listen. You know, you can have all the love in the world, but it it, it doesn't mean that you're going to sit there and, and just put up with, with watching shite every week, and you know, watching your football club, um, you know, be taken t- taken for a ride. And you know, I mean, David talks about what happened to to Hibs, and and I agree. I think you know we're we're heading in a direction where you will see half empty tin castles. Um, it was only 20 years ago we were getting those sort of crowds. So, I mean, there's absolutely, you know, no doubt that it could happen again. And to be honest with you, you know, I think um, uh, I think they're probably lucky that hasn't happened before then. Some of the drivel that we've actually had to watch, you know, over the years. And, um, you know, I think we've, was it two third place finishes in 10 years or something like that? Um, it's... You know, it's, it's it's been absolutely dire, but, you know, the fans have stuck with the club. You know, we fell out of way ends and, you know, you've seen the supports that we were taking last season, 3,500 places like St Johnston and, you know, we're filling our ends at St Mirren and, you know, and then Falkirk and, you know, the the fans were the fans were coming out and they're backing the team at the hill, but that that won't happen again um, if they continue with, you know, the, the way they're going. You know, fa- fans want a wee bit of excitement. They want a return on their investment and I think, they they have been taken for a ride. I think you know Mrs. Budge probably just thinks you know you know the the fans will will keep putting their their money in no matter what because they love the club. That's why they saved the club, and that is a, a very narrow minded way of looking at things. And that's that's probably the issue. 
Um, you know, we all want the football club to be successful. I mean, Nielsen's tongue-in-cheek comment about, you know, if you want to win every week, go and follow Man City. Well, it's not what it's all about. It's not about winning every week. But there, there's still standards that you've got to meet. And we've we've met those standards. I mean, we've been nowhere near those standards for a long, long time. And it's not even, you know, down to one thing. It's not just performances, not just results. It's no style of football or any of this pish. What it ultimately comes down to is a DNA. And the DNA of Hearts has been ripped right out. And it's not the club, like, and I said this a few weeks ago, it's not the club I recognise, the, the one that I brought up to, to, to support, to love. And, um, you know, we, we go on about how Hearts are a community club and all this sort of thing. But are, are they, you know, are, are they a community club anymore? I don't get that feel anymore from, from, from the football club. Um, I just think, you know, we, we're more interested in um, trying to sell pizzas and, uh, you know, and was it hot hot air balloon rides? And and it's just, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that for me is what the football club's become now, you know, where it's just, and it's sad, it really is. Um, when, when you analyse it all and you, you look at it from afar and you just, Every time you're watching Harps TV and a new advert pops up, you just roll your eyes. This is what we've become, you know, signing contracts with, you know, Kazoo. Was it? Uh, uh, what's. What, what, what's is it that, is that drink? What is it? Um, Carabao or something? Carabao, uh, that's right. Carabao, Um, You know, and then and, and these competitions and all this pish. It's just, it's, it's not what the football club is. And. Um, you know, I get that in modern football, you've got to have sponsorship deals. I've no issue with that. But it's just like that's that's the forefront of the football club. You know, I mean, I, I even go back to when we built the stand and, you know, it's vastly over. And this is something that doesn't get spoken about, you know, enough for me. Because um, they go, you know, Mrs. Budge delivered this big this big stand and all this sort of thing. And um, But the stand's still not actually finished yet. It's about £10 million over budget. Um, I don't think it ever will get finished because there was a problem with the construction of the, the second floor um, or was it the third floor, whatever it is. But ultimately, the, the stand's actually been a failure because you look at it as well, they haven't even built like hospitality boxes or anything in it, you know, something that could actually make money out of the stand. Um, you know, it, it took them long enough to actually... I mean, you remember when the stand was built, there was a restricted view part. They had to actually take a part of the wee box in the corner off. Not to mention, they then had to add a studio to it. You know, these are just basic things that you would think would be included in the original plan. And it just goes to the back to the shambles of what football... The, the way that the football clubs run. The warning mm -hmm. sign should have been there when we forgot to order the seats. I mean, yeah. we were told we were going to be back in by September, which was totally unrealistic at the time. And then, you know, we, we, we started that season with, what was it, four or five away games, um, two of which were, were in Glasgow against Celtic and Rangers. And then before we were told we were moving to Murrayfield for three or four games. I mean, we should have just started off at Murrayfield. You know, fans aren't stupid. They weren't going to kick up a fuss because they couldn't get to Tyncastle while they were, built, they were building a stand. It's just things like that where... You know, there's no real communication. There's no common sense used. You know, we're treated like we are a bunch of sheep and we'll just follow whatever the football club says. And I think it's been like that for a long, long time. It's not just in the last couple of years. And it's not, and like I say, this isn't just because of the result. It's the whole thing, the way the whole football club's run. And it's just been an absolute mockery for a long, long time. 
and um, and it's and and it's and fans have had enough. And and if, if I can just say as well, you know, if I was James Anderson, I'd be asking Mrs. Budge for my money back because clearly that has gone to no good use at all whatsoever. I mean, that man's invested money literally out of the, his own goodwill, out of his own pocket to give to Harps, uh, and and you know, I don't see any value for it whatsoever. Um, and I think that's that's another thing. She's taken him for an absolute um, ride as well because he's put, like I said, he's put all that, uh, all his good hard-earned money into the club. You know, he's obviously a big fan as well. He wants to see Hearts back at the top end where they belong. And he's clear, and he's the one who's funding this all, essentially, because it's not Mrs. Budge's money that's been put in. He's forked it out, for, and he's not asking for it back. It's not a loan. It's literally a one-off dividend payment, and he's seen nothing back for it. Um, so, yeah, it's not just fans. It's other, it's other um, people funding the club as well, a bigger names that she's even happy to, to pull the wool over the eyes from. So, um, yeah, it's even things like that that just really, it's not even money. It's quite, quite shameful, really, um, the way that the club's been for so long. And also, it, I remember just after the game there, Nielsen saying that, um, you know, if there's 3,500 Hearts fans there claiming for a penalty, you probably would have got it. I know it was probably a throwaway comment, he must be on the Duluth Mall if he thinks there'd be three and a half thousand Hearts fans at East End Park on Saturday, because there is absolutely no chance that stand would have been full the way things have been going. Absolutely no chance. What do you make of um, Nielsen's comments over the last few weeks? I mean, he has came up with some belters. I mean, one 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 you showed me, Gordon, was um, I'm talking about Shea Logan signing and the fact that four to five hundred games in the Premiership. I just played <laughs> five hundred games in the Premiership. I mean, we looked at this. Um, and he's only played about 200. I mean, wh- wh- why? Wh- where does this ball come from? He's, do you know, he's, he, he was like that the first time as well. And I think he just enjoys the, the, the sound of his own voice. And honestly, I, I see half of the, the stuff he sees, I don't even bother reading it anymore because it's just all nonsense. Um, you know, he was saying on Saturday, he was delighted with, with a point, basically, you know. And um, and uh, it was another another step towards, towards the title. And yeah, he just... It just comes with with nonsense. I mean, like you say, he's had some belters in, in the last few weeks there, but you can go back to his first spell, you know, with the old money spinning replay crap, you know. He's just um he just he's been like that the whole time and, and I think he should just shut up, to be honest with you. Send send Lee McCulloch down and let him do a couple of interviews because I mean he just he just keeps digging himself in uh, in a, a bigger and bigger hole. I might start playing Nielsen bingo after the games just to make it more exciting when it's finished. See what <laughs> shite comes out with this week. If it's not a penalty, it's the referee. If it's not the referee, it's the wind. It's not the well, wind. Well, I knew. Well, I, 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 I'll tell you something, David. I knew as soon as the full time whistle went, who he'd be blaming. Oh, because um, so he walked, walked straight towards the referee at full time, and he must just he must just, he must can maybe five minutes before the game's finished, and he goes, right, if we didn't get a winner here, I can't exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> The final whistle goes. I'm beelining for the referee, and honestly, yeah. every time he has dropped points, you notice he just goes straight to the referee. All right, you know that's my that's my but, scapegoat for the night. Uh, well, it is that that's his scapegoat? Yeah, and saying that, oh, you've got to be decapitated to get a penalty. Nonsense. It wasn't even a penalty. Is, does that show a man that's under pressure there? Then, <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but I think it's also a man that can't take any responsibility for um, his own. Um, poor uh, attempt at doing the job properly because uh, like you say this isn't new I think uh, you know if we, if we end up winning these games 1-0 you know it's great character and it's great strength by the boys you know it was deserved but if we draw 0-0 you know the pitch was too bobbly uh, there was too much wind it's too close to the sea uh, you know uh, the corner flag wasn't in the right place 
Uh, the ball was too flat. Uh, the, you know, I was getting shouted at by the referee because I said he was wrong. Um, or, you know, my boys have been away on international. I'm surprised they didn't bring out the international duty uh, pitch this week and saying that they were no, all I'll, tired. I'll, 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 tell, I'll tell you his best one for the weekend there, actually. I just, I just remembered this one here. It was on Hearts TV. And he says uh, he knew within 10, 15 minutes of the game that Dunfermline were playing for a draw because they started time-wasting and, and playing for fouls and that. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? He's in his own wee dream world. Oh, he, can't yeah. any- he can't do anything wrong. And that's the problem. You've got a manager who can't take any responsibility. I think even Stendhal in the games he got beat, he was like, yeah, okay, something needs to change here because whatever we're doing clearly isn't working. And, you know, whenever we lose, it's, you know, we did everything right. The referees cost us or the pitch cost us. So the guy, the guy's got previous, but he's bringing it out every week now instead of every other week because he knows uh, his job's on the line. And he's trying to think of a way that he can get fans back on side and say that it's not his fault. It was an external factor, but uh, seen us not win, not the fact that we're just a shite football team and a shite manager. Aloha next. Um, So... Can we win this game? Alouar bottom. They're they're clearly in bottom. They've got something to play for. They're seven points adrift. You know that this just spells to me Hearts defeat at Tancastle. Well, listen. If if they if they don't win that game, then um, God help them. Because I mean, if you can't beat Alouar at home, then you know you deserve to stay down. Um, I think I think Hearts will win, but it's not going to be like a three or four nil. Let's be honest with you. They'll probably grind out a one nil. Um, and Nielsen will be off full of praise at the final whistle saying, oh, great character, we deserve that. You know, we're, we're back, hearts are back, and we're on our way. Um, so, no, I, I, yeah, I think it will be a struggle. I think Alawa should fancy their chances, you know, should come to Tynecastle and um, think to themselves, listen, you know, why can't we go and get a big result here and cause a shock? You know, Brewer Rangers done it. Why, why can't we do it? We've beat them already. So... Um, no, I don't think they'll have anything to fear. As you say, they've probably got nothing to lose now that they lost that game of the weekend, which has left them seven points adrift. So, you know, if I was uh, Peter Grant, um, I'd be saying to my team, listen, let's go and have a real go at this and, and see what they're made of. And listen, you know, if they do come and they are extremely open, um, you know, Hearts have the potential to, to go and demolish them, but I don't think that'll happen. I think, you know, we'll set up usually with our two home midfielders and a very poor back four, and um, and you know if they if you even put the slightest bit of pressure on that, then you'll see them fold like a deck of cards. So, wouldn't be surprised at all if Aloha ended up taking the lead, um, and and coming close. But I think um, I think Hearts will win. But I think it'll be like one 0 It's not going to be, you know, a classic, and we're certainly not going to blow them away. David, do you think that that game will, will eventually get us over the line? Can Wraith Rovers are done catch us. I mean, there's been um, a lot of talk about how we're, you know, sort of snail pace over the line where we're getting mm-hmm. just over it. Um, you know, can we get caught, do you think? I mean, I guess the only saving grace is yes, we're at snail pace, but we're only getting chased by other snails because everyone else is dropping points. So we're getting lucky and um, fortunate in that respect. But um, yeah, I mean, Probably does get us over the line, but it's quite a sad sentence to say that a game against Aloha with only three or four games to go gets you over the line. Uh, in a season where, you know, Hearts' budget is probably what, you could argue it's probably like 40 times more than any other club in that league at, at, at a minimum. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, look, I'll, I'll watch it, but I don't think I can really be bothered. I'll probably on my, be on my phone most of the time. Uh, I'll probably look up whenever I hear the commentator saying that Aloe are on the attack because I might see a goal. Um, because Hearts aren't going to score many, like uh, like um, Gordon says. I mean, we scored what? We scored more than. I mean, I, I actually don't think this year, apart from the Wraith game, we scored more than two goals in a game. I, I could be wrong, um, but I really don't think we have. And and when we do, it's usually because we're having to come from behind because we can't seem to start a game well at all, especially at home, which is the most embarrassing thing. And I tell you another thing: they're lucky there are no fans in the stadium because if there was one. Um, false move at the game on Friday all hell would break loose especially if Aloha take the lead like every other club has at Tynecastle this season in a game um, so these 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 players can count themselves lucky that there isn't there isn't 12, 13, 14,000 Hearts fans there um, you know in the mood that Hearts fans are in just now so uh, it probably if we win it we'll probably get us over the line but I, I, I seriously cannot go into this game with any certainty saying that we are going to win. And that's the that's the reality, Ross, I'm afraid. And a lot of Hearts fans will have the same opinion because they know Hearts. They know we've got this in us to lose at home to a bunch of part-timers again, may I say, because we've already been beaten by them this season. Let's not forget. So they've got previous. What, what, Gordon, what if it just continues? You know, this, this run of form continues and we get to the final game and it's Wraith Rovers. Wraith Rovers win all their games. I mean, either way, can Nielsen keep his job? Do are, is the board's positions tenable at all if we get up after that? Well, I think the board's position is untenable anyway, um, regardless if Hearts are promoted or not. Um, I think there'll be a change in the summer at boardroom level. Whether that's enough to keep Robbie Nielsen in the job, who knows? Um, I hope not. You know, I hope is uh, you know we 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 do make a change at all levels. Um, I think Mrs. Budge will be gone, but who comes in, you know, to be honest with you, that's that that that's that's the main kind of issue. Um where the foundation gonna be, how are they gonna lead? I don't know. I don't know what the club wants to do, you know. Listen, I'd love for some Saudi prince to come in and just buy the club and, you know, take us through the Man City route and, you know, we're going to dominate Scottish football for the next 10, 15 years. In an ideal world, that's what I'd love to happen. Unfortunately, it's not going to be the case. Um, and I think we're stuck with the, the current regime, um, which incorporate the foundation in. Um, they've got a lot to live up to. They might get a bit of you know, leeway because it is a change of the guard and that might appease some fans. But I still think you know they've, they've got a lot to do to uh, to get the fans back in inside. And I think sticking with Robbie Nielsen for much longer, it wouldn't be a good move on their part. I think they've... Um, they, they would they would have to look at it and and say well listen you know fresh start fresh board let's um let's let's start again and and go and appoint a, another manager and and let some you know and let Joe Savage do his job um you know and just and and just hopefully the club can get a boost from that and um, and start next season differently and and get a sell back to the top the Scottish football um you know and and we make some seriously really good signings we got a manager in there who can get the best out of the football club um can maybe you know bleed a few of the younger players in that we keep getting you know we keep getting spoken about how we've got these really good potentially good young players coming through well i'd like to see a couple of them you know come into the squad and and get a wee bit of excitement um 
So, yeah, I think there's got to be big changes in summer because it can't keep going on like this because we'll just keep heading in the same direction and that's uh, that's downwards. Do you think if the league was of a better standard, David, we would have had more of a fight? Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's no, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, I think the fact that the champ, the quality of the championship is so poor. Um, and to be honest, when I say that, I actually now have to include Hearts in that because we are so poor. Um, but the rest of the pack is just so inconsistent. Um, and you could, and that's probably down to, you know, clubs just not having big enough squads and, you know, lack of finances and whatever you want to put that down to. But the fact of the reality is, is if there was a half-decent team in there um, that could put a run of form together, uh, we'd probably be second place. Simple as that. Um, we probably got lucky that we started off the season with what it was, I can't remember how many games unbeaten it was, but, you know, it was a fair number of wins, seven or eight or something in ten. Um, so when you start off like that, you put yourself in a good position, clearly, uh, especially with the inconsistency that the Championship offers you uh, with the other clubs. Um, having said that, um, I think when you look at other teams this season and the results they have put against each other as well, it's not just the fact that they lose to... To, um, to the weird teams in the league, such as Dunfermline and, and, and Dundee and Wraith do that, uh, they, they also take points off each other. Um, and, and they've probably not capitalised on points taken off us. And I think, again, fortunately, when at the start of the season, we managed to not just beat them, but quite handsomely, you know, 4-0 against, uh, against Wraith, um, 6-2 against Dundee, although obviously go away from home and we, we don't beat anyone. Um, so, yeah, we are fortunate. Uh, I think a lot of things have probably fell in Hearts' favour this season that probably means that we're going up as we mentioned previously you know the, the, the season is um, shortened down by a quarter um, so less chances for us to lose um, and no well I, I don't buy the no fans thing because as Gordon said you know every club has to put up with this it's not just Hearts we're not an exceptional circumstance every other club has to put up with this so I, I don't buy that for a second um, but yeah we are you can, we can count ourselves very lucky this season that the, everything's kind of fallen into our favour, um, although we are making a pretty good effort to try and chuck all that uh, in the last weeks, which is uh, very hearts of us. And I appreciate the commitment to the patter of us being the new banter club in this country. When do you think the, the banter status will, will change, David? <laughs> uh, well, we've seen it took, it took Rangers quite a while for them to get rid of their tags. So if there's anything... If we're going on previous clubs' um, reign of banter clubs, we've probably got a few years left in us. However, I sincerely hope that that changes in the near future. I really don't hope it's another six years of banter. Can he take it? We, uh, we had our moments, but I think we managed to just avert it. Uh, just I think other clubs took that to that mantle, didn't they? You know, your Hibs and your Rangers, and you know, even Dundee United teams like that. You know, well, we, I think we managed to get away with it, but I think now these clubs have actually got themselves together. And, you know, you look at us now. Um, yeah, it's pitiful, isn't it? You know what I mean? You could understand it if we were back in 2013 and we had no money and we had transfer bans and all this sort of thing. But even they, you know, even they, that, that team wasn't as bad as the, the crap we've got on show just now. And I think that's what pisses everybody off. You know, there was an understanding then that we would still stick with the football club um, because, you know, what they were going off you know, off the park, but there's no excuse now. And and fans have put £11 million, £11 million into the football club. And they've, you know, they've sat and watched embarrassments of Broda Rangers and are struggling against championship teams. 
we've just been beat off a bunch of part-timers. It's not professional. The football club from top to bottom is not professional. And we can have a wee laugh and see, you know, it's a banter club and all that sort of thing, but no, enough's enough. Um, it needs to change. And, um, you know, I, like I say, I'm not even bored about styles of football or any crap like that. I just want my football club to act like a football club, to be a football club, be a successful football club. Um, nobody's saying that we've got to be winning double trebles and treble trebles and all this sort of crap. But we want, you know, to be competing for trophies. We want to be in Europe, first and foremost. That's got to, that's got to be the aim. Um, get ourselves consistently in, in Europe. And there's no reason why we can't be. So the club's got to get a grip, get itself together and, uh, and get the right people running it for a change. Right, well, that's the end of the show after all that. Um, thank you again for listening um, and thank you both for taking part. As ever, we'll be back next week. Hopefully um, we don't draw or lose, but I keep on saying that and we do. Until then, goodbye.